Welcome to the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball hosting today. Liberty Moms are the defenders of the home front, the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their family, and their community. Thank you for for taking time out of your busy life. We have so many things on our plate and uh, such a crazy time. And so I appreciate you taking time out to listen to the Liberty Mom Show and to listen into the Loving Liberty Network. Um, it's amazing that we have alternative choices for us. And I have to give a shout out to um, to uh, uh, to Rush Limbaugh. We're we're sad to um, know of his passing that took place this week. But he truly was the trailblazer in getting an alternative voice on the air and having a place where you can get educated outside of mainstream media and honestly outside of oh my goodness we are bombarded through through movies through books through newspaper articles through political agendas through school um, curriculum we are being forced into um, living principles that are anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-family. And so unless you take the time and make the effort to search out individual or alternative news sources, then you are most likely caught up in the vortex of being deceived. And I wanted to talk about that today, the, the, the idea that we live in a world of lies and deceit. Okay, do you feel that way that you turn the news on or you listen to a politician and everything that comes out of their mouth is a lie or else it will be proven to be a lie down the road? And what's interesting is, I don't know if um, we get into our scriptures as much as we want, but, you know, this was actually prophesied. This this time frame that we're living in where... Um, men would be deceitful and be um, distorting truth was prophesied by no other than Jesus Christ. So if you get into Matthew 24, verse 4, um, Matt, Jesus is foretelling the doom of Jerusalem, and he's also talking about the great calamities that are going to precede his second coming. And so most Christians um, are aware that Christ has been here once before. He was born in Bethlehem, died at the cross at Golgotha, but he was risen, and he is coming again to um, uh, put out the last battle against Satan. And so we're in those final um, stages. Uh, our belief is that that is going to be happening. And so when he's at the Mount of Olives with his disciples, um, they came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming 
and of the end of the world. So that's verse three. So they've gathered and they want to know when is your coming? When will you come back again? And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Okay, so that's the first thing that came out of his mouth was deception, deceive, untruth, lies, um, uh, omitting truth. You can be deceived by not hearing all of the truth or having information withheld. And so he's teaching them the right there. The very first thing is take heed that no man deceive you. Now look at what we've had going on even in our current world with the um, COVID-19 situation that we're in, how many times have things been flip-flopped on, oh, don't wear a mask, you don't need to wear a mask. Oh, wait, you need to wear a mask. Oh, not one mask, we need two masks. Oh, you need a mask and a shield. Oh, actually, you it, it's crazy. How does anybody muddle through it? You have to be grounded on what principles are true principles to navigate through this world. And so Jesus is warning us. He is telling us to not don't take heed that no man, meaning anyone is capable of being deceitful. Okay. And so we have to be aware of that. Um, this last week, um, I'm getting this particular quote. Um, it was taught in um, a church that, uh, I was able to attend last week, and I want to give them some kudos. Pastor Mike Crowder had an amazing sermon last Sunday on the ultimate deception. And he um, has a congregation that he um, uh, is a pastor of up in Layton, the Christian Life Center. And his whole sermon was on the principles of deception. And I think now more than ever, as we live in this world where you turn on the TV and lies are just being fed to you. And, and honestly, anything that anybody says, whatever you hear, whether it's from me or anyone else, you should always take it to the Lord. You should always take it and get your own confirmation. And in his, and in his sermon that he talked about, he brought up the principles of deception and that um, the three things that are used in these principles of deception is to dispute the truth, to deny the truth, and to change the truth, okay? And so um, the idea that there is an absolute truth is um, being uprooted in our culture, okay? So we're not all on the same page thinking that there is good and evil, right and wrong, truth and error. And um, it's permeated into our culture, um, this idea that, hey, truth is what you think it is, okay? Well, that is based on a lie because we have to have a source as children of God. We have a source of truth that comes through our Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is the, the spirit of truth. And um, his, his, his sermon was, was very, very powerful. Um, he he got into Isaiah as well. Let me find it. Isaiah 30, uh, verses 9 and 10. Yeah, verses 9 and 10. It says that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, 
and to the prophets. Prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceit. And so we've actually even seen that in some churches where they actually have bought into, I've got a church just down the street from me um, on Highland Drive, and um, they are totally fine with gay marriage, and and uh, they have bought into this um, lie that any kind of love is okay, and love is a, a true principle, but it can be misapplied. It can be tainted. It can be twisted, and so uh, we want to make sure that we are speaking truth and um, following truth so that those who are misled or gone astray have a way to come back, have a way to come back to their Savior who can heal all things. And so that's the other deceit that we are looking at is do we truly believe that God can heal? Do we truly believe that God can fix everything? That if we turn things over to him, that things will be okay? Or do we just follow what men are telling us? Do we just follow what our doctor tells us blindly, without questioning? Do we just follow um, what we hear in church blindly, without questioning? Or do we take it to a higher source? Do we take it to the source of truth? And that's what we have to be, uh, that's what we have to be conscious of in this day. Christ has warned us, Jesus warned us in Matthew about being deceived by man. And so now it's up to us to make sure that we go to him and get clean and clear on what we're hearing. And I'm afraid that that's not happening in our culture. I'm afraid that we've become too reliant on a doctor or a scientist or a professor or um, an elected official or anyone that has some sort of a um, elevated status. So stay with us. We're going to explore this more and um, and uh, get into the lies that are being told about gender when we return from the short break here on the Liberty Mom Show. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic Yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. 
MetaShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot, and I am Mr. Exercise. I've worked out one to two hours a day in my home gym every day for decades. That's how much I believe in exercise. But now it turns out I could have saved thousands of hours and used those extra hours for making money or enjoying my family simply by using the brand new X3. The X3 is a compact premium home exercise product that uses variable resistance, which 16 different research studies show is more effective than free weights for building speed, strength, muscle, and avoiding injury. And it only takes 10 minutes a day. The X3 was invented by best-selling author Dr. John Jackwish, well-known for inventing a medical device that reverses osteoporosis. The X3 is portable and easily stored. X3 is used by dozens of professional athletes, including NFL and NBA players, to replace weightlifting. Get your X3 today. Go to X3Bar.com. Enter promo code WAR and save $75. That's X3Bar.com. X3Bar.com. Mounds and mounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I would seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We're back here on the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball hosting today, talking about lies and deception. What a what a current topic to talk about, right? And uh, I had a friend that sent me a, a quote the other day um, from Joseph Smith, who is a, um, he was actually the, um, the founder of the uh, Mormon church, and he was um, a prophet called of God to establish the church and the, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ in this dispensation. And this quote really ties into what I was talking about in the last segment of have we started to rely too much on experts for our truth? Are they our new gods? Do we worship them? Do we um, follow them with blind belief and trust, thinking that they have all the answers? You know, I've, I've learned the hard way they don't, okay? I've had my own personal experience of trusting my medical doctor 100%, and that did not serve me well. And um, I've, I've found working in, I'm very involved in politics. I have found that um, working in politics, um, it's very hard to trust anybody. And um, especially those running for office who will say and do anything to get your vote. And, and so this quote that I um, was uh, directed to is by this Joseph Smith. And he says, 
I preached to a large congregation at the stand on the science and practice of medicine, desiring to persuade the saints to trust in God when sick and not in the and not in an arm of flesh and live by faith and not by medicine or poison. Holy cow. That was in, uh, well, gosh, it doesn't have the date. It was that, it, that's taken from the History of the Church, um, Volume 4, page 414. And, oh, my goodness, is this more relevant today than anything that we could be um, considering when we've got um, science that is demanding that the only way to be safe and uh, to protect yourself against this cold virus that is going around um, uh, the world is to have a vaccine, a vaccine that is full of poison and full of toxins. And actually, according to the WHO, they don't even know what this vaccine really does. They don't know if it will really protect you. So they're telling you, even if you're vaccinated, you must continue to wear a mask. You must continue to social distance. And so why bother? Why get vaccinated if you if you're still having to worry that you will get sick or that you will infect somebody because that's the whole point of masking and social distancing so they say okay but um i i just felt like we've seen a disconnect in our churches where they're not looking to god god if you go back in and read the old uh, the new testament jesus is quite handy at spontaneous healing and his apostles were very good at spontaneous healing. In fact, Jesus had promised that if you would truly follow him, that you could do greater things than he did while he was on this earth. And so the only thing stopping us from that sort of healing is our faith. And I'm, I'm, I'm really saddened to say that I see our faith has shifted away from uh, our God and creator to man and what man can create and what man can um, uh, come up with for solutions. And unfortunately, man is always going to come up short because, you know, when, when um, Jesus Christ heals, he doesn't have to kill an innocent baby. He doesn't have, nobody, no baby has to die for Christ to heal. Okay. But in our vaccines, many of them contain aborted baby fetal tissue. Well, why would we want to participate in, in a, um, a procedure that requires the death of another human? That's a sacrifice. And we're not taught anywhere that we are to sacrifice humans or anything at this point in time, because we are now going to sacrifice ourselves to the Lord with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And so um, we're seeing, or I'm seeing this in our culture. I'm seeing that we may talk about God, we may have him on our lips, but in our hearts, I don't see a true belief in what our God can do. And he is a God of power and a God of miracles and a God of healing. And he has, um, that has been displayed in um, scripture. It has been displayed in lives that have been changed because people have turned to that God for healing. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to get into that. This morning in the House legislature, there was a bill that came through. Uh, it's, it was HB 92, and it had to deal with protecting children in Utah from 
hormone therapy. So unfortunately, uh, the transgender uh, discussion has escalated and it has been kind of glorified and it's been celebrated along with the other um, LGBTQ lifestyles. And so um, that's being looked to as a solution to um, somebody who may be suffering from um, gender dysphoria. Now, gender dysphoria is a real disorder that is listed in the DMS-5. It's a mental um, it's a mental illness. They won't necessarily say mental illness, but it is a it is a um, mental dysphoria. And so, most of the children that suffer from this will outgrow it if they're just allowed to reach puberty and go through that process. Uh, I think the numbers are 80, 85, 90 percent, depending on the sex, will outgrow it. They don't. They don't want to. I, I grew up with a family of, um, I grew up with brothers, four brothers, and I was playing football and climbing trees and, and uh, catching snakes and frogs and uh, with the best of the boys, okay? Well, once I got through puberty, I didn't have an interest in doing any of that anymore, okay? And so we've got a culture that is feeding off of these children who may just be tomboys for the girls, for the girl part. And may and for the boys, they're just a little bit more sensitive and have different interests, but it doesn't mean that their gender and their sex needs to be changed. And that's where we are today. And it was really um, sad to listen and hear the testimony of what was being said today. In fact, um, there's a, a scripture that it, it brought to mind that, um, that Pastor Crowder had uh, referenced to us last week, and it's in... 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3, and it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Itching ears mean they itch to hear what they want to hear. Okay? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And so... Uh, Paul is talking about this time where people are no longer going to listen to truth, to sound doctrine. Who would have thought that anybody could question the fact that an XX chromosome um, boy is a boy and an X, I'm sorry, XX is a girl and the XY is a boy. Who would have thought that was going to ever come to the point where we'd be going, oh, wait, that's not true. We can change that. So we're going to rely on surgery that's unnatural to go in and physically distort and mutilate a body just to prove that man can change gender. Is that where we're going? And the sad part in the testimony today is, yes, that's where doctors want us to go that are in that um, field and in that um, area. So, um, I want to explore this a little bit more. I've got some testimonies from former transgenders. They call it detransitioning. We're going to talk more about this. But there's a lot of people who have already gone down that path that we can learn from. They're very unhappy with their choice. And they want to warn others so that our youth and even adults don't make this same mistake. So stay with us here on the Liberty Mom Show. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. Chris Kimball hosting today on the Liberty Mom Show. Proud to be part of the Loving Liberty Network. And thank you for listening in. I've been talking about the lies and deceit that we have in this world. And I'm turning the focus now onto the issue of changing genders. The idea that it's okay for us to um, not address the emotional problems behind or underneath the need to train the or, or a desire, a desire that a child or an adult might have to, to change surgeries, not address that. No, we're not going to try to, to fix an emotional problem. We're just going to go ahead and affirm that they should be another gender and stop the physical process of the body developing naturally. So we're going to alter what nature has already deemed, what God has um, designed that child to be, and make it something else. Because you know what? We're men. We're men and women, and we're so much more superior than that that God that is up there in the heavens somewhere, if he even does exist. I think most of them that are in this um, profession or line of work would have to be, I would think, not true believers of God. And that's me making an assumption, but that's uh, I'm sticking to that. Because I don't think we are really capable of redesigning anything that God has designed us to be. And um, the story that I want to um, talk about is a fellow by the name of Walt Heyer. Walt Heyer has been um, a minister for many years trying to educate um, people on the, the, um, the lie, the myth that transgender surgery is going to solve your problem, that that's going to make you a happy camper because it's not. Okay, um, because it happens to be more of an emotional or a um, psychological problem, there is therapy and, um, you know, we'll, we'll go into his conversion story, but we're going to address that. So while Hire actually um, was a little boy, grew up, was born as a boy, and um, he was babysat by his grandmother, I don't know how often um, during each week, but um, whenever his grandmother babysat him, she would dress him up as a little girl. And this is when he was four, five, and six years old. And he says he was far too young to comprehend the long-term consequences of being encouraged to cross-dress at such a young age, much less fight back. In my child's mind, it felt good to be the center of her attention. Children aren't able to reason well. Their frontal cortex isn't developed. And so this is somebody that he knew that he loved, that he was comfortable with, so he was accepting of her um, behavior. He says, now I call what my grandma did to me child abuse because her grooming of me as a female negatively affected my entire life. So he grew up and it made him have what is called gender dysphoria because he, all of a sudden he had these really good feelings when he was in um, a female presentation. It made him feel good because his grandmother affirmed him that way. And so in adulthood, he goes on, I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria and underwent unnecessary cross-gender hormone therapy. So he'd already been through pure puberty. So now he's, he's just doing the cross-gender hormone therapy and he did the surgical change. Okay. So we don't have to go into discussion. I mean, there was somebody this morning in the committee hearing that went into detail about his surgery change, and it was not pleasant. Um, he lived eight years as a woman and tried 
his best to make it work. But after surgery, he still had gender dysphoria. See, physically altering the body did not fix the emotional scar. That was the problem. Okay. Even worse, he was suicidal. Before giving, before being given hormones and surgery, medical providers, um, these are his words, medical providers should have helped me explore the possible psychological roots of my desire to escape into a female persona, but none did. That's our problem. They're being lied to. Our children, our parents, they're going to these professionals and these professionals make a lot of money. I believe I had heard um, up to $500,000 they're making on transgender surgery. And then um, Planned Parenthood is starting to become one of the number one providers of these hormones and puberty blockers because once they're on this hormone therapy, you have to stay on it because your body's not producing the hormone that you need to be that other gender. And so they're finding a huge cash cow in um, keeping people in this myth that their gender can be changed. It's very, very deceitful, but very, very lucrative if you want to make money. So um, he says that when he finally received proper psychotherapy years after surgery, which resolved his gender dysphoria, he was left with a body permanently mutilated. Okay, so that's where we were today with House Bill 92. We wanted to make sure that children could not um, make a decision until they were the, the age of consent, which would be 18, where they could make that decision on their own. And they've gone through puberty and they're at a point where, you know, do I really want to make this change that will alter and mutilate my body and take these hormones? Do I really, really want to do that, knowing that that surgery is not reversible? Okay, so that's what um, this bill was all about. It was just to delay the transition. If they want to do it later on, that is their prerogative if that's what they choose to do. But instead, they're being um, uh, affirmed that this is the way to make them happy, that this is the only way that they'll ever be happy. If they don't have the surgery, they're going to commit suicide, and there couldn't be anything further from the truth. In fact, Walt Heyer on his website, waltheyer.com, he has um, several books that he's written, and he talks about how transgenders end up having a suicide rate is 20 times higher than those that don't ever, um, than the regular population. 20 times higher, because that is such, think about what the mixed signal your body and your soul is getting when you're trying to change your body into a different gender than what you are in your in your core being. I mean, that would be horrible to have to try to resolve that conflict. So he goes on to say that um, I'm not the only one whose life was hurt by the rush to change gender. I have heard from so many trans adults who asked me for advice in going back to their birth sex that I compiled emails from 30 of them, along with the latest research book called Trans Life Survivors. Several people in the book transitioned in their teens, but when they hit their 20s, their feelings of gender dysphoria changed. They grew out of it, but only after having made irreversible changes to their body, which destroyed their ability to have children, losing years of life to an alternative identity. 
It was interesting. There was a doctor this morning from the University of Utah, I believe, and it was amazing how callous she was. So she is in this field of gender transition, and they were asking her uh, with these with puberty blockers and hormones, like if if they just reverse it, what's the big deal, right? And she said, yeah, it's it's no big deal. You know, girls will just have a they'll just sound like a man, and it's like, well. Um, why would a girl want to sound like a man? And she says, well, you know, they can, it's not a big deal. They can go get voice lessons. They can learn how to change. They can, really? Really? That That's how callous. And then she went on, they said, well, will they have hair on their body? She goes, well, yeah, they could possibly have facial hair and, and body hair. But she goes, what's the big deal? I'm Greek. I have to deal with that. I go get waxed and whatever. And and it's like, yeah, but you don't have the male hormone testosterone in you. You have a balance of estrogen. And so you don't have the type of body hair that they would even have. And she was just very cavalier and callous about, oh, no big deal. So what if they deal with that forever? You know, and so there's just not um, a sensitivity to the idea that this could be a mistake. They truly believe, these doctors and medical professionals truly believe that this is the way for these children to heal is to destroy their bodies, is to change their bodies through drugs and through surgery. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a society that is in caught up in deceit against really what is a male and what is a female and how God created them to be. And so um, when we get back from our break, I'm going to... Um, go over another story of a of a teen that had his sex changed and uh, he regretted it and uh, called it a Frankenstein hack job. And so um, today what we were trying to do was stop and help our young people in Utah not go through this misery, not go through lifelong regrets. And um, unfortunately, we didn't have a great outcome with that bill. I'm going to talk about this more when we come back here on the Liberty Mom Show. and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I had seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Welcome back to Skimble here on the Liberty Mom Show. And we're in our final session on deceit and uh, taking that uh, idea of deceit into the idea that we can change our genders. That, you know, men are very smart and that we can go ahead and take a human body and totally take a, a boy or a man and turn them into a girl or a woman. We have that ability and they're going to be fine everything's going to be okay. Well, guess what? We have had people that bought into that lie that have heard that story that were affirmed and told to do that. And now they regret it. And unfortunately it is a lifelong regret. In fact, Walt Heyer has this, this quote of his, it says changing genders is short-term game with long-term pain. And, uh, he's lived with that. He's, um, uh, gosh, he's almost 80, but um, he's had a mutilated body for decades and decades and decades because he was affirmed and in, um, reinforced in being told that if he would just, if he would just change his body and become a woman, he would be happy. Well, I want to go over one other story very quickly. That um, this is a a 19 year old. Uh, This is his story. Less than a year after having gender surgery, Nathaniel says, this whole thing was a bad idea. I'm 19 years old, and I feel as if I have ruined my life. It's heartbreaking each time I get a letter from someone who underwent gender change surgery and regrets it, especially someone as young as Nathaniel. So he's writing to Walt Heyer, who is the fellow that we've been talking to that was a transgender, trans woman for eight years. 
and he has his permission to tell a bit of his story. It says in Nathaniel's case, he says he was bullied by the boys in elementary school because he was sensitive and preferred playing girl games. When he was a bit older, he discovered internet pornography, heard about transgenderism, and convinced himself that that's what he was. When he finally worked up the nerve to tell his mother in the summer after eighth grade, she made an appointment with, in his words, a doctor at an informed consent clinic. He started seeing the doctor a week after his 15th birthday, and from, ha and, and from how he describes the next years of his teens, he'd say going to the clinic didn't improve his life. From then on, he says, I slowly detached from everything until I was just staying home, playing video games, going on the internet all day, stopping reading, drawing, riding my bicycle. I surrounded myself in an echo chamber that supported and validated poor decisions because the others were also unfortunately stuck in that pit too. So that's what happens is you get surrounded with people that either are wanting to affirm this this myth that they can change genders or you're getting professionals who can make money off of you that will support you. A month after his 18th birthday, Nathaniel had what's euphemistically called bottom surgery. For a male like Nathaniel, that means refashioning the men's genitalia into a pseudo vagina. He suffered some complications that required a second surgery and he had facial surgery to further feminize his appearance. Nine months later, he says, now that I'm all healed from the surgeries, I regret them. The result of the bottom surgery looks like a Frankenstein hack job at best, and that got me thinking critically about myself. I had turned myself into a plastic surgery facsimile of a woman, but I knew I still wasn't one. I became, and to an extent, still feel deeply depressed. That is tragic. That is tragic. We need to warn people that this is not the way to solve a problem when you have a mental disorder like gender dysphoria. We had others that testified this morning who had transitioned and, um, and was warning he transitioned. He was totally fine. Okay, so this is a trans man that was totally fine, but he was warning them that this is not surgery or an, uh, or, or that the hormones should be happening until they're older. This needs to be an adult decision. And we also had a woman who was a trans kid. She had been sexually abused before kindergarten, and because of that, she hated her body. She felt that she was responsible for this man sexually abuse her, and she thought that if she was just a boy, she would be safe from there on out. And it took counseling for her to uh, go through the understanding that it wasn't her fault that she was sexually abused. And once she had that awareness and understanding and that therapy, she then went on to live the life of a girl, get married, have children. These people, these individuals, when they go through the surgery, they're scarred for life. They cannot have children. It's sad. It's devastating. And the, the really sad part about it is we're, we're losing the, um, the ability to say that, you know, God really, if, if we truly believe that this is um, a world where God is involved in your life, then how do you even consider the fact that there's 
the, there's a, a mistake with gender. When when you have a perfect creation, which is what you get when you have a baby. I mean, I don't. Those of you that have had your own children and gone through the process of giving birth and and um, and having your children, and even now I have grandkids, and oh my goodness, in my little microcosm of a of a um, uh, of a laboratory, those little boys are boys, and they love cowboys and horses and trucks and cranes and the little girls like their dolls and and it's just funny now do sometimes the little boys go play with the dolls you bet they do yeah they do and that's okay and just sometime the granddaughters go play with the horses and the cowboys and the trucks they do that's totally normal okay it's okay for that to be happening and it's healthy for that to be happening but when we start to pigeonhole and um, decide that children will only be happy if they change genders because they're having an emotional issue, that is going to result in a lot of damaged adults that won't be able to um, get out of this. And so um, I wanted to do this program today because I wanted to, to share that there are people speaking out against it. If you know anybody in your circle of friends or family, um, please send them to Walt Heyer's website, WaltHeyer.com. He has a whole ministry. Um, another individual that I have uh, interviewed on my radio show is um, Jeffrey McCall. He's written a book called For Such a Time, From Transgender to Son of God. So he was living as Scarlet, okay? He started out gay, and um, living the gay lifestyle, he writes about it in his book, how horrible it was, the drug use, the partying, the immorality, the excessive um, uh, partying, and how hard that was, but yet he was still unhappy. So then he thought, well, the next step, I'm, I probably should have to be a woman. If I'm a woman, I'll probably be happy. And of course, when he went to therapy, these therapists affirmed that with him, and he was scheduled to have transgender surgery. He was on his way to have that done. And he had a, um, a spiritual moment where he was reaching out to God and got a confirmation that he was not to be scarlet. And he threw away his dress and his makeup and his shoes and um, went back to being Jeffrey McCall. And now he does a huge movement where he is um, connecting with other former gays, former transgenders, and um, doing what they call a freedom march. They have the pride parade, and now he's got the freedom march, and that's what um, the Lord has told him to be doing. And so he's in a ministry himself, reaching out to those who have bought into the lie, and um, and that uh, he has he's healed through his testimony of Jesus Christ and um, turning his life over to the Lord. And so there's a lot of deceit out there. There's a lot of lies, but we know that we that believe in God have a source of truth to overcome the, the darkness of this world. We can take all of our questions, all of our concerns. I don't care if it's this, this transgender issue or if it's um, the COVID issue, which has been flagrant with um, deceit from the get-go that we have a source of truth, and that is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I am hoping that this message will resonate and that 
um, you will send your friends and neighbors and family members who have questions or who are confused to other sources who have gone this route and now regret it. That's getting full consent. That's getting full disclosure. When you're looking at doing a medical procedure that will mutilate your body, you need to find out if that really made others happy. So thank you for listening in today. We'll be back next week as usual on the Liberty Mom Show, and we'll talk to you soon. 